What is going on? I want to welcome you from F Court for today, Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. It is October, gentlemen. That means it is basketball season, and we are right in the midst of it. As of right now, the Pistons are down by 32 points to the New York Knicks to open the preseason. I'm your host, Sean Murphy, alongside my brother, Jeff Iafrady. Jeff, so good to see you, my friend. It's, it's good also, to see, hey, it's good to see you, but you know what's worse than this is the the Knicks now are eight for eight in the third quarter from three so far. So you know what? Not not ideal, but you know what is ideal? <laughs> you know what is ideal? <laughs> Having my boy back because ladies and gentlemen, back from honeymoon, back Woo! from back from marriage is my guy Troy Troy, it is so good to have you back, brother. It's good to be back, man. I'm telling you, when I was in Hawaii, I, I realized I packed my Restore shirt from uh, opening that. night last year. I put it on. We were doing some sightseeing in the mountains by the ocean. Took a nice pic, put it on Twitter, and our boy Ashton, Cade Cunningham's trainer, liked it. So oh, everything that we can do to represent uh, Motown no matter where we are, even if it's in the island of Hawaii, we got to do it because the world needs to see that it's a restoration, not yeah. a rebuild. Yeah, that's what's up, man. My guy Troy showing that, up all at all times in Hawaii with the restore shirt. Gotta that, love it. That's a big boss move, right there. One hundred guys. Yeah, to have sure the you follow him on Twitter at Troy Sergey forty four. But dude, it's so good to have you back. I, Great I, to be back. I, I know one thing for sure. I. I uh, the, the, the great thing was uh, even on your wedding day, because I was in Troy's wedding, you know, there were points where, uh, you know, we were, you know, it was literally like an hour before Troy's wedding. You know, we're talking about getting married and getting married, all this type of stuff. And he's like, hey, Cunningham, man, it's going to have a good season this year, man. And I'm like, Troy, you're getting married in like 45 minutes. Like this guy is just like basketball is never not on the mind. I absolutely it's, it's love not, it. It's never not on the mind. And yes, I was definitely thinking about Cade Cunningham <laughs> hitting a, a three when my wife was walking down the aisle. So what about Bernard yeah. King? Did you throw Bernard? I was King not thinking there? about Bernard King though. I'll, I'll admit <laughs> there, he was not on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And the best part is even in your even in your wedding speech, even in the wedding speech I gave uh, at the at the reception, I even stuck in a Carlos Delfino reference yeah when i was a little bit disappointed because i thought you should have done an aaron uh aflalo reference but hey carlos delfino are you kidding me i nailed that mother (laughs) you're telling me that you're giving me any critique i nailed that some bitch anyway this is from f court reach every week we talk all things basketball if you like that be sure you like this video you like this podcast subscribe to the channel and also share with your friends also we are on all the podcast services that your heart that can that your heart can desire it's on apple Podcasts, it's on spotify and it and if you're a nerd it's on a lot of the other ones too so you can definitely go find them in a lot of different places and we appreciate you tuning in but with that gentlemen i figured because it's going to be the title of this it's going to be it's going to be the, the top of people's minds when they click on this video let's talk preseason action specifically what we're seeing tonight obviously you know the pistons are going to be losing this game big unless you are unaware of that and you know there is going to be a lot of reactions to some poor performances from the starting lineup specifically from shooting um and beyond the arc and also just from the the knicks offensive attack thus far um troy 
Jeff, I want to start with one thing and one thing only. And I just want to, I want to make sure I'm saying this as loud as possible. So I, I know I normally use my effects as a joke, you know, like as comedic humor, like, but I, I, I want to use it for emphasis at this point. So if, if I, if you may, if I, if I may, if you'll allow me, Ahem. it's the preseason. That is my thoughts. What are your guys' thoughts? Similar. Go, mm -hmm. Troy. You're good. You can take it. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, definitely similar. But the one good thing, I, I want to be an optimist here. The one good thing that I want to definitely touch on is that um, Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran are guys you want on your basketball team. I mean, that's the big thing that I got about tonight on, on a positive note is these are guys that you want on your team. These are guys that are going to help your team win games. Um Jaden Ivey's ability to facilitate, but also his athleticism towards the rim. Uh, Jalen Duran may have not shown it on the stat sheet, but I think he's a guy that you definitely uh, – you're going to have him on the floor, and he's going to help you with, with rebounding the basketball, uh, helping your team maybe even on the offensive end rebounding the ball, uh, dishing that out. So I, I just feel like Jalen Duran and Mr. Ivey are guys that you want on your team. And in his um, first nine man, minutes, I, he had five rebounds. I mean, I mean, Dern was pretty aggressive on the boards right out the bat. I just can't stress it enough. So, and I think overall too, because if you look at the game, the biggest thing that stands out if you if you watch the entire game is the turnovers. But again, people have to understand that. And the reason why I said I agree with you, Sean, is and we all kind of agree that it's preseason. So especially for a team that's so young. They have to learn number one how to play together, but number two, know you know how to get other guys in the right spots. Like, like for example, when you look at you know Duran, you look at Ivy. These guys now their first year with the team. Ivy looked very comfortable, by the way. I had to say that as a rookie. I mean, he came out like you said, Sean. He played well early on. I think he was the only really one of the starters without a turnover for the first like half. I mean, he, didn't he still doesn't over. have a turnover by the still, way. Still doesn't have a turnover. Quarter, yeah. So it's it's about guys learning how to play together. Like I I, I saw Jay Ivy go to the rim. Um, and try to do a dump off to Isaiah Stewart. He lost the ball. Like, there's simple stuff that they're going to learn as the season goes on. So I'm not stressing the little things. Um, overall, the turnovers, they actually shot well from three. I know they're not shooting well right now, but at halftime it was like 40-something percent. So they were hitting Killian Hayes. You know, mm -hmm. listen, we talked all offseason about him being more aggressive. He's being more aggressive, and, and that's leading also to easy baskets for others. So got to love it, Sean. There's a lot lot being on display. The one thing I would say, too, is to not overreact. Is people tweeting about Cade Cunningham, like just having a Dude, it's preseason. It's preseason. <laughs> the guy, listen, just go out there, get reps, and, and honestly, just get warmed up for the season. I don't care how Cade, Sadiq Bay, these guys shoot. It's just about getting Jay Ivey. To me, it's about getting Jay Ivey and Jalen Duren more comfortable, livers more reps, everybody else just more reps. Isaiah Stewart made a three, like – it's it's a lot to unpack, but I don't know how you could be upset with one preseason game. And there's nothing we're going to learn about uh, Cunningham and Bay <laughs> right. in preseason. Well, nothing. And let's give some context to this contest, right? Like, like, like specifically who the Knicks are, because if people, in case people forgot, just two years ago, the New York Knicks were hosting a playoff series in the first round. The New York Knicks have a Tom Thibodeau led defense that is right. focused on intensity, focused on, you know, forcing turnovers, forcing, you know, fo focused on getting in passing lanes, being at the point of attack. Like this is what this team does. And so, you know, it's not surprising that a team that is in the beginning of training camp, it's their first game truly together in an organized basketball context. They literally have Boyan Bogdanovich who, just came into the week, came into the team a week ago, who, by the way, has looked really solid 
especially in the first half, three or three from beyond the arc. But also a New York Knicks team who, in comparison, has a lot of experience together. If anything, right. in theory, got better by adding Jalen Brunson, who, by the way, can we start apologizing about all of us saying that he wasn't a legitimate point guard? Because he looked like a legitimate point guard. If we're going to say anything, he looks like a continuation of the guy we saw in the playoffs this last year. I know it's only the preseason, but right, right. he looks yeah. like he looks like a solid guy, though. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, he does. So, yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, Jill, yeah. and you, I think you made a great point too. And we talked about this on the on the halftime show when we did the for on from half court, which you can go check out by the way. Uh, but we talked about that Tom Thibodeau defense. Like for your first preseason game to go against the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau, like you know, it's it's there's going to be ups and downs, and you see the turnovers. So that's part of it too. I mean, they're in New York, like at Madison Square Garden, playing in front of a bunch of celebrities. It's a big it's a big game for all these young guys. So mm-hmm. listen, there's a lot of things you could take from it, but overall. Um, I, I take, a, there's a lot of good things you could definitely take from it, but it is, it's preseason. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and analyze the breakdown the game, but yeah, the things we were talking about that we wanted to see, we're getting to see, which, you know, liver Stewart stretching the floor, Killian Hayes being more aggressive, like those things. I, I don't need to see as much as I want to see Sadiq and you want to see him play well. Like I, I know what Sadiq's going to bring me. There's a lot of guys I don't know. And that's what I was, you know, I've been looking for watching the game. Right. And right. Killian's ability to be aggressive down the hole, too, has been impressive, too. I mean, he, the stats might not show it, but if you watch the game, his ability to p- pass first, we know, we've know we always known he's a pass-first guard, but the right. way he was been doing it tonight, I felt like there was confidence added, too. And I think that can't be described in any other way, but you just got to watch the film. So, it, and, and, No, and Troy, too, I want to add to that point, because you notice that when Killian goes to the basket, usually you know he's going to pass, but he's, he's been aggressive against the Knicks, so it's almost like they have to make a decision, and it's leading to easier baskets. So him being aggressive and having that confidence is going to, you know, because he's such a great passer, it's going to allow him to get easy assists. So it, it's beneficial for him. It's been great to see it. We still have another quarter yet to go um, as at the time of this recording, but, you know, you know, as of when we're watching this game, because we are still watching while recording the podcast, because we're going to be doing a lot of that this season, by the way. Right. And, and I'm going to give a little bit of a secret. I watch a lot of basketball during these podcasts from time to time. That's just something I do. But anyway, um, you know, one thing I do want to point out, you know, Killian Hayes, five and nine from the field through three quarters is being much more aggressive is, you know, uh, taking opportunities of getting to the hole, but also shooting from the mid range. I think that was something that only, not only we saw at the fan practice, but also, you know, something he talked about a little bit in media day and, and something he's showing right now in, in the garden. So, you know, I, again, I think one more thing I want to highlight before we move on to some of the other high, like, you know, things, you know, going on throughout the league, um, Ivy and Endurin, how composed they've, they've looked. I, I think, you know, we, we touched a little bit on, you know, like I, I, I was concerned going into this game because I knew Ivy going, you know, in the summer league contest, I think that was really, a night where he was nervous and he showed a little bit of that. Right. But I think tonight he like, you know, like, like we've established, he looks like he's belonged and he looks mm-hmm. like he's an NBA player and, and the size will not be an issue with him. This backcourt, you know, seeing what they look like on an NBA court, this is a big backcourt. We have a big, we have a plus size backcourt and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they can do together uh, the Pistons, you know, they they don't have an easy preseason. They'll actually, their next contest is going to be on Friday uh, going against the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and then from there, they're going to face the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then they will wrap up their preseason um, at some point next week. And then from there, we will be facing the Orlando Magic two weeks from tomorrow. Or as of when this comes out, two weeks from today. So, 
yeah, we will be a uh, whole lot of things going to be going down. Be sure you're, you're subscribed and tuned in. We will be closing the preseason, by the way, on the 13th against the Memphis Grizzlies. So we literally got the, the Knicks, the Pelicans, and the Grizzlies, three teams that all could potentially be in the playoffs. And then the Thunders are one easy game. So, well, they're probably looking at us like, you know what? We could probably beat the Pistons too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's the, so that's the, I, Tro- I, that's going to be the Troy Weaver, Sam Presti classic. Like they're going to be going hard for that one. Absolutely. Sad we yeah. can't see Chet. Very sad. Yeah. Um, how dare you bring that up? But anyway, no, no, but in all seriousness, let's talk about the rest of the league. Things that are, you know, standing out preseason basketball has begun. And guys, I don't want to keep ragging on this team, but dear Lord, the Phoenix Suns are in trouble. They came out and they lost to the Adelaide 36ers. The Adelaide 36ers. Troy, pop quiz. What place did the Adelaide 76ers finish in the NBL last year? Third? No, seventh. (laughs) This was a middle-of-the-pack Australian team. (laughs) And they looked like the Splash Brothers against the Suns. Well, you know, Aiton, guys, you know, I know... I know what he's capable of doing, but there's no reason he should still be on this roster going into this season. In my opinion, <laughs> the, the, the sun should have done something with him this summer. I'm serious guys. Right. Like, I mean, he, he, he doesn't look happy. He's not contributing to the way they want him to contribute as far as winning basketball goes. And um, for some reason, Devin Booker didn't look himself either. I, I thought, I mean, now stat wise, he, he put up a you know somewhat good performance, didn't play a ton, but um, I, I just feel like this team doesn't have a lot moving forward. And it's for, certainly their chemistry after that game seven, Bahuzel against uh, Dallas. So, so I, I do want to, I do want to point out real quick before you go, Jeff, um, Craig Randall had <sighs> um, 35 points. Nine of 17 from beyond the arc. Where did he go to college? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> uh, actually, I actually, yes, I can. Uh, uh, Craig Randall. Uh, actually, no, I can't because he is not known enough on ESPN to actually have a college in his biography. Uh, <laughs> ha- but he, but he did score 35 points against the, against the Phoenix Suns. And then Robert Franks from Washington state scored 32 points. Wow. But Jeff, your thoughts. Well, uh, obviously, Devin, Devin Booker's my guy. So I, I watched that game, and the one thing I, I, you, you could tell, too, is watching is this set, the 36ers, they wanted that game, and the Suns didn't care for that game. Like, that's the difference. Like, for an NBL team to, to beat the Suns, it's a huge deal, even if it's a preseason. Like, those guys shot the hell out of the ball. And I forgot which Suns player came out afterwards and was like, yeah, they couldn't miss. Like, and again, the Suns, is that Bridges? Yeah, it might have been. It might have been Bridges. Uh, but my my real problem with the Suns, I'm not gonna say uh, you know I'm concerned from one preseason game. But what Did I will do you say, watch the game by the way? What? Did either of you watch the game by the Just way? Just the highlights. Yeah, I watched the second half. I didn't watch. Okay. The half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I watched the entirety of it. It just. That team, I mean, you know, you can just feel the tension on the court. Like, even though they right. know how to play together and, like, they know how to feed it to Aiton, like, it just, like you said, Troy, like, you can just tell that that he doesn't want to be there. But also, you can just tell that, you know, that there's just still that friction, that there's not that connectivity as a team. Like, this isn't a group that's, like, excited to be playing together. It's a group that's, like, 
we're still we're still here like we're like we, we're, we're taking another shot like and now in a deeper western conference like i you know not saying that this is you know like this means they're a bad team right because anyone can lose in any given night and let's be honest this was this was the adelaide 36ers super bowl like they were coming out they had nothing to lose yeah, they, they were, they they were looked, firing on all cylinders. They looked like the Suns team that lost by, you know, they, they got blown out against the Mavericks. Like, this is yep. the team in the last game of the series. Like, this is what that looks like. And yep. I think the problem is with the Suns is Devin, to me, like, although I, I think he's a fantastic player, he's a two. Like, he, he's I don't think he's a guy. And, and a lot of guys, especially in today's NBA, you can name ones, but they do need a sidekick. For Devin, I don't think he's the guy to lead you, you know, to win a championship. But I do think – uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton, he's probably what your third, fourth best mm-hmm. uh, player on a championship team. And and a CP3 is in this weird divide where he's aging and he doesn't want to be that guy, but they still need CP3. When, when, when they made that finals run, CP3 was, was it was him and Devin. One, he two, got him to the finals. He got it, him. Absolutely. To the finals. Absolutely. So you're, you're seeing CP now be a little more timid. Like, all right, guys, uh, this is your team. You're taking it over. But like Devin and DeAndre aren't those guys. And, and they paid Michael, they paid Cameron, uh, 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 Johnson. So for me, the Suns. I, I even looking at it, even, even if they won that game, I, I just in like you said, the, just how they played their 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 attitude off the court. Even DeAndre in the post game, like you were talking about or before the game, you know, during the press conferences, like talking about, you know, uh, yeah, I'm happy here. Yeah, this is fine. Like I'm cool. I'm like the, the Sarver situation coming out. It, it's a disaster internally in their organization, but on the court, I just never thought this team is. I don't think they're going to make a finals, even if everything was going good. Just because I don't think they have enough, in my opinion, right now. But yeah, it's it's bad over in Phoenix right now. It's, the yeah, culture is sure. shot. Yeah, absolutely is, shot. Yeah, this is certainly not how you want to start their season. I mean, Grant, if there's any coach you want to have in this situation, it's Monty Williams. He, right. he was the coach of the year this last year for a reason. However, Troy. As someone that, you know, has, has played basketball, as someone that's been on teams, a prospect of not talking to your coach for an entire offseason after, especially when you've had, when you had a tumultuous ending to that season and a, and a trying ending with that said coach, is that not like something that's like rings alarm bells in your head and is preposterous to you? Yeah, of course it rings alarm bells, and I think it's impossible to think that uh, your team can be successful in the way that you want it to be because of that. And I think, you know, when you look at a team like Phoenix, you know, you need that chemistry. You need that compatibility between your coach and and your players to, to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like the Suns have that. I, I have not seen the Suns have that, especially with this NBL loss to the Australian team. I just feel like... I'm not going to say I'm going to write them off right here, right now on this podcast. But like you said, Sean, with the competitive West, um, you got teams like Memphis crawling up there. You got teams like even Denver. Uh, we, we'll probably get to that in a minute with uh, their performance this past year uh, or this past week um, preseason. Mm-hmm. The Clippers as well, too. So, you know, a year ago, the Suns were probably all three of our favorites to make the Western Conference Finals and to be come out of the West in the NBA finals. Of course, they weren't able to do that this past year, but I can't see them being any of our favorites again this year because of that. So to, to answer your question more, more bluntly, no, um, that that's a poor way to start your season with your coach and uh, your star player, not on speaking terms. Yeah, for sure. And ultimately time will tell. And you know, this is, you know, this is still a solid roster. Chris Paul, you know, when healthy, you know, is still, you know, a really good player, but you know, the question is, are we going to get, are we still going to keep getting that same Chris Paul? You know, at what point will his mm-hmm. health ultimately come in and when will that decline? 
you know, start to happen. From Half Court is brought to you by Manscaped. When we talk about post players, there is few better players in the restricted area than our friends over at Manscaped. With great products such as the Lawnmower 4.0 with skin safe technology, the Weed Whacker, their deodorants, lotions, and more, Manscaped is unrivaled when it comes to the men's hygiene game. Serving over 8 million balls worldwide. That's a lot of testicles, ladies and gentlemen. So, if you're finding yourself in need of Manscaped products, be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORE at checkout because that can get you 20% off plus free shipping. Our friends at Manscaped sent us these products and I can tell you that they are absolutely for real. I have been absolutely satisfied and in love with their entire product line from boxers, t-shirts, the lawnmower 4.0 to the, to the weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer. You can really not go wrong. Be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORD at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you again to our friends at Manscaped for sponsoring this video. That wasn't the only action or the only people that were playing this past week. Another player that, you know, a player that made their return to the NBA court and, and on and an NBA action, Ben Simmons played basketball and uh, suited up against his former team, the Philadelphia 76ers. And overall looked like a guy that was playing his first game with his new team and missed basketball for a year. You yeah. know, I, I think he, uh, I think he looks a lot like the Ben Simmons that we saw before, you know, he, he left. I don't, I don't really think his game looks improved. I think he's, I think he's going to certainly try to take more shots. I certainly looking at how, how he, how some of his shots landed. I certainly right. don't know if he should be taking more shots, but you know what? Right. That is his prerogative. But uh, guys, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if you were able to catch any of that, but what were your thoughts of, of that game? What are your thoughts of, of where the Brooklyn Nets currently stand? I, I will say I, I do like the current construction of their roster better than last year. Like guys like Royce O'Neal, Looked really solid right away off the bench. Even guys like Seth Curry who aren't in the lineup, you know, bringing him back in, that's going to be another threat. Uh, Joe Harris being back, you know, another solid presence for them. I, I think they're going to be better than, better than last year for sure. I, I think Ben Simmons, too, the most important thing he brings for the Brooklyn Nets, something they lacked, is, is defense, especially at 6'10", like to be able to guard all five positions. That, that's something they didn't have. And on top of that is playmaking ability. But the problem is, do you do – you, put the ball in Ben Simmons hands and say, listen, like, because for him to be successful, that's how it's going to work. Like it, I, I, it's not like he can play off ball unless he's, you know, in the dunker spot, just chilling. Like he's not, you saw some of those shots looked when he was attempting. Mm -hmm. Like it, it looks, and I get it. It's his first preseason game. I'm not going to overreact, but it, to me personally, just evaluating the game, it did. Like you said, Sean, it looked like the same Ben Simmons. Like for me, the Brooklyn Nets, they, they, I, I'm with you. I think they look better than they did last year. I actually like the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know how far they can go, uh, but if you have a healthy KD and Kyrie and you have Ben Simmons and you have the team around them, like Joe Harris now finally back, I like the Brooklyn Nets this year. I, There's I have no reason they shouldn't be back around. Absolutely. Yeah, no, they're better, I think, than last year, and they, they got swept by the, the Boston Celtics. So we'll see. I think the East is obviously we talk about how tough it is, but I think Ben Simmons in Brooklyn, it's going to be interesting to see how the pairing works and what his role is for the season. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think the defense is a big thing Jeff touched on that I saw too, that he brings a, a different element to this Nets team. But also, you know, him on the offensive end. Uh, Sean, I think you hit it well of this is a guy that hasn't played basketball in over 365 days and, and it sure showed. 
Um, so I, I think the more touches, and, and I, I would hope that Ben Simmons would, would utilize this preseason as a way to, of course, get back into shape, you know, be able to get touches, you know, run around the court, right, uh, to make sure that he's in the best basketball shape that he can be in uh, in a couple of weeks when the regular season starts. So um, the defense is the big thing that I see, but at the same time, I would like a little more on the offensive end, I think, to – to, for me to actually call the Nets a true contender out of yeah. the East this year. And he's going to have to showcase, he's going to have to showcase that growth this season and that willingness. Cause he said he'll shoot threes. He said he's willing to shoot. So, you know, show it, you know, he said right. that before, you know, so I, I'm more interested to see how he's going to be as a, as a pick and roll guy, specifically as a role man, as a picking guy, you know, I, I was watching what he was like off the ball today. And, you know, it, it, I'm just interested to see how he evolves in that area. And listen, the, the league's just better with Ben Simmons on the court. So a, at the end of the day, having him back in general is just a win for the league, win for the fans, win for the Brooklyn Nets. So right. um, ultimately, just good to see him back. Another team that's running it back is the Los Angeles Lakers. And they're mm-hmm. saying, man, we're going to keep this roster together. And we are we are optimistic. And I don't want to overreact to anything, guys. But that Sacramento Kings roster, I like better than what the Lakers currently have right now. I know they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, but like, listen, man, I, I, yeah, I would well. pick, I would pick Sacramento to go to the, to the play in right now over, over the Lakers, even if they're healthy. Well, I listen, I don't, I don't agree with that one, but I That's get, what I agree. I get where you're coming from though. I'm not, I'm not saying you're completely wrong because you're saying uh, the, especially we talk about culture for the Suns, the culture for the Lakers. And I'm interested to see, cause I love Darvin ham, but my God, he's got a lot to deal with like mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. We, we talked all offseason, or at least, you know, media did. We did uh, mentioning Russell as like, what is what is his role going to be? How is he going to be able to adjust? Because he has this narrative already written on him, and he's he's fought reporters on it about how he's so stubborn. And it seems like in the first preseason game, it's the same Russ. Like, they, they have to trade Russ. Like, this, I don't think this is a question. I don't see how this fit makes any sense because not only is LeBron completely quit on defense, and, and I get it's preseason, but this is I'm talking about what I saw last year as well. LeBron completely quitting on defense. Russell Westbrook's right there with him. So Patrick Beverly is going to have to start really stepping up as a leader and start calling these guys out because it, they look so lazy. But also, so I'm not saying you're completely crazy, Sean, with that statement. But guys, where's the shooting? Like, yeah. point to me on the roster. Where's the Anthony shooting? Davis. <laughs> no, LeBron James. Dude, he, yeah. Is he Anthony Davis goal. genuinely your number one three-point shooter? No, is, it supposed, is it supposed to be Austin Reeves a- or AK 47 uh, Austin Reeves? Like this is a bad roster, man. <laughs> like when you look at it on paper, like this team, like, and, and again, you don't want to over and this isn't an overreaction. Like I was saying this before. Yeah. Right. We've been season. saying this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, like it just, I just don't see how this is going to work. I mean, Troy, like, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts of the current roster as constructed? You know, where, where do you have them in the playoff picture? Am I being too harsh on the Lakers roster right now? You're not. Okay, you're a little, little bit too harsh, but not totally. Um, I, I would still pick the Lakers in the seven-game series against the Kings. Well, but... I'd pick them in a seven-game series against the Kings. What I'm saying is I would I would bet that the Kings have a better shot at making the play-in right now than the than the, than the the Lakers do. Sure, sure. And, and just super, super briefly, Keegan Murray, everything that we expected yeah, from him. Yeah. I uh, mm-hmm. wanted to give Pretty him well. a shout-out there uh, because, again – consistent, I mean, man. 
Yeah, says, yeah, I think he's going to make a Literally great a NBA player. Uh, happy we got Ivy, but man, uh, I don't think Murray would have been a horrible pick either. But okay, happy we got Ivy. Anyways, they both look like NBA players. Correct, correct, and, and, we, and we can say that without uh, any bias. So, um, I, I think with with what Jeff said, uh, the biggest thing that I see about this that I wanted to touch on is is Russ. He he does not belong on this roster. <laughs> he does not belong on this roster, and and I I think shame on them for keeping him on this roster for this year because you had plenty of opportunities to trade him. I know there was a trade with Indiana that might have happened. Even even bringing a guy like Miles Turner, I feel like would have gelled better. I mean, I, I know you don't really get the shooting with him, but um, you go into year two. You need to think about this on a general manager's perspective. You go into year two with Russ. I I just. I just don't think you can do it. I, I don't think that you have the the pieces to put out a contending team. I mean, I don't think any three of us would call the Lakers contenders, would we? No. 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 There's no world. There's no when you have assets like him. I mean, I wouldn't actually maybe assets the wrong word with this, but when you have players like him that you can move around and shape up and maybe even bring in draft picks, bring in role players that can at least better help you than what he can do. Um, I just feel like it's foolish bringing him back for year two. Year two is not a smart move. And, and that's the problem the Lakers are in right now because you're, you're paying him, or he's getting paid $40 million. And on top of that, you see how he looks and you see his his refusal to fit in anywhere. How are, how is that? How can you sell that to even a team that's, I guess if you're tanking, you could sell that. But other than that, and that's why teams are asking. Right. They're, Lakers bringing, they're bringing out a, a win-now team. They're trying to yeah. bring out a win-now team. And, that's well, and guys, if you want to know right. where the ineptitude starts, if you want to know where – what in the world is all coming from? I mean, you don't have to look any further, man. I mean, it's from the top. Like all the all of the report reporting that's been done this past week by by the likes of Shams Tarani, you know, you know, detailing, you know, what exactly the plan was this offseason, where exactly, you know, the decision making was. And it looks like the Lakers are in a position where, you know, reports suggest that, you know, there's more voices involved than ever. You know, it looks like, you know, people like Jeannie Buss are more involved than ever. And it seems like she is of the mindset that she was particularly optimistic that Russell Westbrook could come back this season and make it work and have a better year with the Lakers. And and at the end of the day, this is just, you know, I, I this isn't even like my, my hatred of the Lakers. This isn't any fandom here. This is just what the Lakers have been. The Lakers have run, have not run off of basketball sense for years. They have run entirely off of emotion, off of highlights, off of what will make the Laker brand look the most exciting because they go for the players that are exciting on paper. Russell Westbrook was the player that was the most exciting get on paper. He was the, he was the third all-star. He was the third MVP caliber player. He was the, he was the showtime Lakers move, but in reality, it wasn't the basketball move. The basketball move would have been getting Buddy Heald in the building from day one. The basketball move would have been getting shooters alongside LeBron James because you had shooters alongside LeBron James. Your first you season, title. you won a championship. championship you right. had that roster in place. And this roster that they're fielding this year, guys, it's worse than the roster that, that fielded yeah. last year. It is. I don't know how it got worse, but it's worse. Yeah, if you're if you're and this isn't a shot, but if you're extending Stanley Johnson and depending on him to be a key rotational piece who can't shoot, 
I mean, you have. Well, even then, they traded him. He's gone now, too. Right. So you, you extend him, you trade him, and now look at the roster right now. Kendrick Nunn. I, I get the starting lineup isn't going to stay that way, but how in the hell are you going to start Kendrick Nunn and Russell Westbrook? If that's a, if that's the they two look like starters, they missed that, Stanley Johnson, by the way. Yeah, they do definitely. You you need this team needs shooting, which they lacked, which you brought up. They had shooting when they had success, and that's how LeBron's had success his entire career. That's roster construction one hundred and one. Know your players and know how to build around them. And to be honest with you. With Russell Westbrook as it sits, the, for for Genie to believe he can change, or, or Rob Palenka to believe he can change, that's not how this business works. Like if you, if you can't work, get rid of him. Find a way to get rid of him, whatever it takes. Do what's best for your basketball team because LeBron signed that extension. But it, it listen, you're not going to try and screw that man. All right, right now they they want to win, and that team looks terrible. It looks it looks god awful. Yeah, I mean, guys, a starting five of Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn, LeBron James. Uh, Anthony Davis, Damian Jones. I mean, can't is win. That, people, is that... people don't remember too. Um, okay, so yeah, last year they even missed the play in, but the year before that they were a seventh seed. That did they even win one game against the Suns? I think maybe one, but they were bounced out in the first round. So it's not like this team had showed any potential in the past, even now we're going on year three. Of, of this current constructed roster. So I just feel like they're not able to shake up the move that they needed to do to, to put well, out a contending team. Well, the Lakers are, I mean, they have those picks in their back pocket, you know, signing LeBron. A lot of people believe was a, was a sign that in return, they will trade those picks, you know, like they will like trade those picks to improve this roster. But I mean, even if they improve this roster, like let's say, let's say they remove Russell Westbrook from the equation. Let's say they bring in Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, right? What's their ceiling? A play-in team? Yeah. Yeah. If that, like, even then, like, how many games of Anthony Davis am I really? Right, and that's and that was supposed to be your best player. Like that, that that's supposed to be your most impactful player, and he might not even play fifty games. But but even then, guys, this like for this roster to succeed. You know what it looks like is gonna have gonna have to happen again. LeBron's gonna have to play extended minutes and potentially get put himself in a position of injury again. And listen, like I he he signed up for it. He signed that extension, but things ain't looking great in La La Land. No, that's all I'm saying. No, it's not. Another player that returned uh, this past week was Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. In uh, that in Denver Nuggets action, and I know it's early, but Jamal Murray still has that speed, man. I mean, I, I what I will say, like you know, I, I'm excited to see how he progresses, but it seems to me like guys are healing better and better and better from that ACL injury, and that's just you know, as as the as medicine as modern medicine's evolving, it's just a relief to see Jamal Murray still has that 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 boost and that burst that he had. So what were your guys' thoughts on that game? And uh, Troy, I know you brought them up. Uh, what stood out about the Denver Nuggets? I think Murray's uh, ability to uh, put the ball in the hole for me, uh, I think coming back from that injury and able to still shoot the ball the way that we know he played, especially in the play-in tournament, or sorry, into the bubble tournament that he played a couple years ago. Uh, and the Nuggets won on that little run there. Uh, for me, just his ability to get buckets, uh, that he's back. And, you know, obviously basketball is a game of buckets. Sure, it's a game of defense. Sure, it's a game of many other things. But I think the Nuggets adding him to the roster because I think w- they were missing a piece last year. 
We all yeah, and Michael Porter Jr. too. He came yeah. back and he was five for seven for the field as well. I mean, he's, he's another guy too. So I think adding those shooters around Joker uh, will be very helpful. And um, you know, I, Sean, I think you said it once on the podcast. They're my sleeper in the West because I think if they get everyone healthy, if they're on the same page, this is a team that could make the Western Conference Finals. This is a team that could maybe even make the NBA Finals. That's a stretch. The I know. Last time, the last time this roster was fully healthy and playing together, Troy, they made the Western Conference Finals. Are you saying so that? Maybe the next exactly... step up extreme is the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's not particularly crazy because, Jeff, if Jokic plays at MVP caliber level again this year, which – He's shown he can. Yeah. He takes it another level. It could be in contention there. And, and health is the most important thing. That's why I'm, I'm glad you guys kind of nailed the points I was going to bring up. It's Michael Porter Jr. for me. That was number one because this is a guy who only played nine games last year. I get Jamal is very important, but Michael Porter Jr. could be that difference maker. Like if you have Marco, if you have Michael Porter Jr. take that next step, now you have a, a nice core. You have Aaron Gordon. You have guys that can that can fill different roles. And for me, like. I, we know what this team could be when healthy. You alluded to it, Sean. We know what they can do. But if these guys are going, they're also getting better. Don't forget that they're not they're mm-hmm. not old men. These guys are going to improve. But on top of that, they're coached well. Uh, they have a great home home court advantage. I mean, they play teams tough. I know they lost in the playoffs, but Jokic put the team on his back pretty much. So listen, no questions for me about the the Nuggets. If you want to call them a sleeper, I am all for here for it. Uh, I just got to This team just has to be healthy. That's the only thing for me. Other than that, they got everything on paper. They really yeah. do. Man. Also, um, adding you know, adding guys like not only in adding a guy like Bruce Brown, you know, this past underrated offseason, but also Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Both of those Big guys one. on the same team. I mean, like if you're talking about. Two of my favorite, you know, you know, just, you know, wing players that we've had in the Pistons over the past decade. That's two of them right there. I mean, those guys know how to play the game. So, you know, I'm excited to see what they can do. I think they're putting a really competitive roster on the court this year. I'm really excited for what they have coming up. Uh, Josh Giddy, by the way, had a really good performance in that game as well. Was even even hit a couple pull up threes showcasing his work on his jump shot. If Josh Giddy keeps showing that off. Oh, wait. Having said that, though, I didn't really watch I don't. I didn't really watch too much of the Thunder because I don't really give too much of a about them this year because of chat because it hurts my soul. But anyway, another thing I wanted to touch on quickly: New Orleans Pelicans. I guys, Zion looks like a freaking monster. I mean, one thing from Media Day that jumped out, and and I sent you guys both, I believe, the picture of mm-hmm. of the transformation of what Zion, you know, where he was versus where he's at now. Um, Guys, this guy looks on a different level. His physicality, if 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 he is indeed healthy this season, I think there's a legitimate case for for him to win the MVP. I'm that confident. And uh, this roster is tailored around him to make some noise in the West this season. Yes, I mean look at look at what he was in college too. I mean, I think that might be the best. I hate to say it, but it might be the best uh, comparison of, of what he's compa- capable of as far as his potential because we saw what he could do. Yeah, I mean, there he is right there. Um, I, I, I think with his strength, we know his strength, we know his versatility. I think he's a guy that can contribute to that team as, as along with um, Ingram too because I think Ingram is going to be a big part of that piece as well. Uh, but if those guys are on the same page, yeah, you're looking at a playoff team, not a play-in team. You're looking at a playoff team with uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. So, 
yeah, yeah they got a, they got a lot of talent man they do and and zion brings them to a whole nother level because in healthy it's a 27 point score on like 60 yep. percent field goal percentage. it's ridiculous i mean the guy and we don't even mention because the whole thing in high school when he was coming out is his ability to chase get chase down blocks you see what he does his athleticism it's ridiculous and, and now that he's slimmer hopefully hopefully he could play an entire season, for, uh, you know, a couple seasons and, and start stacking them. So for Zion, man, as long as he stays healthy, we know what Zion could do. And we saw what that Pelicans team could do with C.J. McCollum now. They have a nice little core built in, uh, with Brandon Ingram. They have a nice core with the Pelicans. I'm excited to see what they can do. I, I mean, really am. I mean, we're seeing efficiency from scoring in the paint that we haven't seen since Shaq. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He gets like, anything he wants. That's who he is. So – what, like people forget what he was like when he was healthy. And also, if you didn't watch the roster that they put together this past year, guys like Herb Jones alongside, you know, guys. Can't like forget Dyson. Herb Jones. Yeah. And then getting a guy like Dyson Daniels in the draft this year as well. I, I really like him. I'm excited to see what they do. They'll actually be debuting after the Pistons game. So as of this recording, I'm going to have already watched that and probably am, am going to you know, touch myself to it. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. But in all yeah, seriousness, yeah, um, hey, yo. Come. but anyway, I also have that boy, Diffy. I have that. I got, let's go. I'm pretty excited. And then Detroit basketball. So I got them all loaded up, man. I was prepared. I just can't believe you got, I'm going to come. That's just funny. Of course. Uh, I'm going to come. I had to have it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is, hey, you know, you're not getting much better content than this. No, you're not. Boy, you're not. Boy, it's been so long, my friend. It's time to wrap this up the only way we know how. It's time to take it from Mount Rushmore, my friend. Take it yeah. home. What do you have planned for us? We're on part five of five. It seems as like it's dragged out so long of positions here. We're on the center position here. And I have a little new segment for next week that hopefully we can do for a few weeks. I'm excited to introduce it to you guys next week. It, you guys might think it's lame. I doubt it, though. You guys will have fun no, with it. No. But um, it'll be fun. It'll be fun what we got next week. A whole new series going. But uh, this week we're talking about centers, the Mount Rushmore of centers to play the game of basketball, the game we love. And I'll just start out. I'll start out with Wilt the Still. Wilt Chamberlain uh, has the record for most points scored in a game with 100. Uh, he's a guy that had stats that we may never see again as far as the rebounding, as far as the points per game. Um, I, I just feel like he was a freak among nature. I, I know there's the argument of, you know, he played against a bunch of six four white guys, whatever. But the thing is, the guy was ahead of his time in so many ways. Uh, we haven't really seen a center like him really at all. I mean, I guess you can make a few arguments. Um, maybe we'll get to some of those guys in a second. But really in today's game, there's no, no one like Wilt. So uh, I think he revolutionized the game in a lot of ways. But I think his stats, his rebounding and his points, for me, um, you can't have another guy on this list um, that that's not him uh, with, with the top four here. So Wilt Chamberlain has to be on my list of Mount Rushmore best centers. Yeah, and, and, sure. and I'll name somebody who, you know, you haven't seen a specimen like Wilt since, and that would be Shaquille O'Neal. Because, guys, 
we, we Sean brought him up earlier. We talk about Zion. We talk about how dominant he is. Imagine Zion, but like seven inches taller. I mean, Shaq, and this is probably a little more, I'm a little more biased because I actually got to watch kind of the back years of Shaq. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal deserves to be in your, your Mount Rushmore best centers. 15-time All-Star MVP, as you know. He, honestly, Steve Nash owns another MVP. It's actually at Steve Nash's house. Um, 15 times. <laughs> Like I said, three-time Finals MVP, four-time NBA titles. Thanks to Kobe. Thanks to you know other people. But still, Shaquille, that most dominant force you could argue next to Wilt in the NBA ever. So I'm gonna go with Shaq. He's up there for me. Guys, there is no Shaq. There is no Akeem. There is no White Howard without Bill Russell, the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest big of all time, the greatest winner in the history of professional sports. This man is, is, oh my gosh, this man helped the, the Celtics, it helped his teams capture 17 of the first 23 NBA championships. Oh my God. Like, like this man is, this man has done so much throughout his career. You know, how many freaking rings did this guy have? 11 at every level. Yeah. This man literally had too many, like this, this man had a ring for every finger and then some. And in addition, he was a multi-time, you know, defense player of the year award. The the most valuable player award in the finals is named after Bill Russell for a reason. He is the definition of, of what it means to be a winner, a consummate professional, and also everything he withstood, everything he means to the game. His 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 number is being retired amongst the entire league for a reason. It is because it is Bill Mother Russell. May he rest in peace. Yeah, may he rest in peace. Good one. I mean, I guess I have to close with Kareem, right? Have to, yeah. Uh, that's, there's that's no other way, no other way to do I mean, it. There's, I mean, there's there's a pretty big one we're leaving off here, but I'll yeah, get to that big in a time, second. Big time. We'll get to him in a sec. What but, about Kuznoskis? Uh, yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Him you read too, my bro. mind. Come on. Yeah, uh, no, but Kareem, the guy. Really, yeah. We know his real name, Lou Alcindor. He comes into the league from UCLA with the Milwaukee Bucks, wins the championship in 1971, uh, but. One of the most dominant college players, too, guys. I mean, he really was with UCLA. I mean, there was really no match for him. The UCLA had a huge winning streak uh, with him on the team. Comes in, with a ch- wins a championship with the Bucks, but I think we most recognize him with the Lakers. Uh, gets traded with them in, I think, 1975. Uh, pairs up with uh, Magic a few years later. Win a championship uh, there in 1980. Um, and then went, went a few more in the mid eighties as well. And, uh, he had a 20 year career and, uh, that's a, that's something that we don't see a ton these days. You know, I, I think LeBron might be an exception with a few other guys too, like Vince and stuff like that. But Kareem's a guy that he has the NBA record for uh, all time leading score that might be broken this year with, uh, LeBron James, but Kareem just means so much to the game. Uh, similar to Bill Russell with a lot of the civil rights stuff like that, standing up for your social justice. But I think the big thing with Kareem is that sky hook, right? That sky hook, right? Just mm-hmm. And, and the all-time leading scorer still at this point. Yep, 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 absolutely. So yeah, Kareem has long. to be on my list. Not for long. LeBron James, right. Yep. He's got to average 16.9 points. But guys, so good. Hakeem Olajuwon. Dude, I would have – yeah, Hakeem the Dream. You got to bring him up. You need some honorable mentions. Listen, man, we're putting a fifth on there. I don't care. Hakeem. Yeah, no, we like, have we to. Can't... We have to. Yeah. But I was thinking him over Russell. I think you made a great argument why Russell should be on him over Elijah Wan. I'm agreeing with you, Sean. I, I, if if we're taking anyone off, I'd go Russell over 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 Wilt Chamberlain. Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> you, Jeff? <laughs> I I don't know. Well, yeah, uh, it's tough. It's never tough. To the argument, if we're if we're talking about the most, like I I don't know. It, it depends on the context. Like Bill Russell's, a, he's just a pure winner, man. Any right. any effect of the game, the but, pure winner, Bill, the best player yeah. to the game of basketball, but the individual stat power. Yeah, it's probably will. will. It's probably will. It, mm-hmm. uh, that's why you gotta add a fifth. They're also I yeah. mean, this is the whole fifth. There's so many mm-hmm. for sure five. Gotta throw the fifth. Yeah. yeah. Hakeem sure. the dream, man. Say it. Yeah. Ben Wallace honorable mention. Yeah, Ben Wallace is on my Mount Rushmore. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, this that's the list. That that just is the yeah. list. Yeah, but, I would agree with you. But what is your list? Let us know in the comment section down below. Why does it have Ogoskis? Yeah, why is it where where the Zilkowskis? Come on now. But with that, folks, seriously, man, it's good to be back with y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is from Afcore Reach and every week you can get all things NBA coverage. If you like that, be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. But for now, we got to wrap this up because we're actually about to go live. By this point, you will have seen my beautiful face live. I don't even know what I'm gonna be saying there yet, but you will. That is going to do it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time from Half Court. Be sure to subscribe.